Hey guys, Pastor Marcus here. Welcome to the Pomo Pastor Podcast, where our focus is going to be how to optimize your local Adventist church. I hope you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Hey, what's up guys? It's Pastor Marcus here. Happy to be with you again this week. And today I want to talk about three ways that Adventist churches fail parents. But let me start with a quick illustration. Years ago, I was in the army, and one of the things I noticed while I was in basic training is that it actually wasn't that hard. In fact, what I discovered was that what made basic training more difficult was the sleep deprivation. In other words, the physical training wasn't actually as tough as I expected it to be. I had been a wrestler in high school, and I felt like the physical training there was 10 times harder. But what made basic training one of the most difficult experiences I ever went through was the sleep deprivation. Basically, you take all of these tasks that you have to do during basic training and you add sleep deprivation to it and all of a sudden, even the simplest things get incredibly difficult. Now, honestly, basic training isn't the hardest thing I've ever done. The hardest thing I've ever done is being a parent because you take sleep deprivation and you add emotional deprivation to that and all of a sudden, simple things like leaving the house or you know, getting in the car become almost impossible. So what is it like then for a parent to go to church? What does that experience feel like? In my experience, in my wife's experience, and in the experience of many parents that I've spoken to, church goes from being something that you tend to look forward to on the weekend to something that you absolutely dread. In fact, uh, and I'm looking here on my article on the screen, Emily Moore in her article, Moms with Hands Full Need the Church, says this, with young children, everything is more difficult. And yes, that includes church. So what I wanted to do this this week is just share three ways in which I personally have seen uh, local Adventist churches tend to fail parents and what we can do to make it better. So number one, um, and this is probably the, the, the most obvious one, at least for parents, stares and comparisons. Now this is a cultural issue, right? This isn't like a logistical or administrative issue. This is a cultural issue. And so the only way that we can really affect this is by changing culture. So I'll get to that in a second. But what I mean by stairs in comparison, few things are as bad for a parent as kid throwing a tantrum in church. But there is something that's actually worse than a kid throwing a tantrum in the middle of church. And that is a kid throwing a tantrum in the middle of church with everyone staring and no one offering to help. That is the worst. And it happens all the time. But I can actually think of something else that's worse, at least in my experience or in my opinion. And that is when parents go to the church leadership and they say, hey guys, um, is, can we try this or can we try that? You know, a few little things to make life more e- easier for parents or the church experience more meaningful for parents with young children. And people in the leadership team respond by saying, well, when I was a parent of young children, we did it this way. Or, or, or they'll say things like, well, my children never acted that way because I did X, Y, and Z. The moment you've said that as a leader, you've just proven you shouldn't be a leader. Because by saying something like that, what you're communicating is you're not as good a parent as I, as I was because if you were, you wouldn't be having these problems. And that doesn't help at all. It sends this message that we don't really care about what you're going through. It's your issue. You deal with it. And nothing could be further from the truth. 
kids are different, you know, maybe you were a parent and, and you know, and, and you managed to, to parent your kids in a way and, and they sat still in church. And I'm talking about young children here. I'm not talking about eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds. I'm talking about young children. Um, but it's not always the case, right? Kids have different temperaments. Some kids are high energy, some kids are low energy, and, and parents have different temperaments as well. Some, they have different stress levels that they can handle. And of course, there's kids who have developmental challenges that we have to take into consideration as well. So even older kids at times who have developmental challenges may struggle with things that you may have never had to ex confront when you were a parent way back in the day. So we have to consider all these things and that's what leaders do, right? Leaders put themselves in the shoes of the people they're serving and they look at ways in which they can serve better. And so if you're a leader and you said that, um, yeah, you need to stop. So here are my thoughts. What can we do to make this better? Number one, like I said, this is a cultural issue. And so with cultural issues, it's a long journey because the only way to really fix cultural issues is to fix culture. And you only fix culture by conversation and relationship. And that is a long, drawn-out process. And I think every church needs to engage in that. And that's okay. But there are a few things that you can do. And so looking here again at my screen, just to jog my memory, because I don't <laughs> memorize everything I say, um, I, I really encourage pastors make you know make this something that you talk about from time to time you know uh, whether it's a newsletter that you send out to the church members uh, by email that includes you know some positivity when it comes to the young parents in, in your church when it, uh, whether it's sermons or whether it's just comments you know before you start your sermon just take a few moments to affirm the young families and the young parents and your congregation that can be really really helpful as well and and creating spaces as well for churches um Creating spaces for young parents to come together and worship together is also really meaningful. But the point is, I think really the point is we, we need to develop a positive culture in our churches where parents feel safe, where they don't feel judged and they don't feel criticized and they don't feel like, you know, <laughs> uh, they're a nuisance. They need to feel safe. Number two, number two way in which Adventist churches usually fail parents is substandard parenting rooms. Now, this isn't true of every Adventist church. I've been to some Adventist churches that have awesome parenting rooms, but I've also been to plenty where the parenting rooms are really, really bad. You can't fit a pram through the door. Uh, the, the room is freakishly small. It's isolated from the rest of the worship experience. So there's, you know, like a little window or, or no window at all. And, and, and then sometimes they have this audio thing. And, and like, I've been to so many churches where the audio thing, where, you know, for you to hear the sermon doesn't even work. Um, and, and there's no resources in the room. There's no, no toys for the kids and, and things like that. And again, attitudes come at play here. You know, you'll have people who will say things like, oh, the parenting room is only for parents to go in there and nurse their children. It's not for them to go in there for their kids to play. It's like, seriously, chill out, okay? The parenting room is a place for parents to go and catch their breath and yeah, feed their kids or whatever. It's definitely not a, a playground because some babies will be sleeping. But it's, we got to do better at that thing. You know, it's, it's absolutely terrible going into a church that has this because the message that you're communicating is we don't really care about the parents here. This is not really important to us. And if your church is trying to reach its community with the increase of single mothers that there are or single parents in general, uh, you're going to really struggle if you don't have the right resources to accommodate their experience. And so some of the things I recommend is, listen, if you have the capacity, renovate your mother's room. Now, I understand not every church has the capacity to do that. And so if you don't have the capacity to do that, get together and think about something. Think about what you can do to create a space for parents to accommodate their experience at your church. 
because just leaving it as it is, is not gonna work. Even if it's just as simple as resourcing that room. I remember I went to a church one time and um, the deaconesses came up to my wife and I uh, as soon as we sat down with the kids and they had these bags, you know, these preset bags with crayons and coloring books and all this stuff and they handed it to us right there in the service. Oh, this is for you guys, for your kids to color and et cetera during the service. And, and so that was really nice. Um, the only thing I would advise if you're gonna do that is don't freak out when the bags come back and everything's missing, all right? Like if you're gonna freak out about that, then don't do that. Um, do it and take the hit because that's what we're there for. Number three, to wrap this up, lack of consideration. So what do I mean by this? The lack of consideration really boils down to something that I've mentioned a few times already. So this is connected to everything else I've said. And it's the idea that our church services are just not designed for kids. They're not designed to accommodate parents. They're not designed to accommodate the parent experience. And so I've spoken to my wife so many times and she'll say to me, you know, after church, like, why do I even come to church? You know, like, what's the point? I, I bring the kids here and, and, and they throw tantrums and they scream and I can't listen and I can't worship. And then I got to drag them out and, and take them to the substandard parenting room. And, and, and I either sit there for the rest of the service or I jump in the car and just sit there and, and wait till it's over. Now granted, part of the challenge is that I'm not there to help because I'm preaching mostly on the weekends. But I've also spoken to a lot of non-ministry families uh, where the parents feel the same exact way. They're like, well, what's the point in even coming? And so what I've seen a lot is parents who come to church, they bring their kids to Sabbath school, and then as soon as Sabbath school's over, they get out of there. They're like, I don't even want to put up with what's going to happen in church if I bring my kids in there. And here is where I hear a lot of people say something that absolutely infuriates me. They'll say something along the lines of, if you don't take your kids into church when they're little, how are they going to learn how to behave in church when they're older? Now, let me tell you why I absolutely despise that argument. Because it's dumb. That's why. All right, sorry, not trying to be mean, but not sorry. Now, here's what I mean. I've seen plenty of visitors come to church for the first time in their life with their nine or 10 year old kids and their nine and 10 year old kids sit perfectly still and behave the whole time. Wow, they never came to church when they were little kids. They didn't have any training or practice. So how in the world did they sit in church so well? The answer is simple. It's because they're old enough to sit still. This idea that I'm supposed to drag my three-year-old into this horrendously boring experience week after week and expect this three-year-old to behave in a way that he's not psychologically wired to behave and then he or she gets in trouble because they don't behave that way, it's just nonsense. The fact of the matter is our church services are not designed to accommodate families of young children. That's it. And when, you know, sometimes, like I said, when we bring it up, people get all defensive, like, oh, oh, it wasn't like that when I was little. Well, you know what? Quite frankly, no one cares. <laughs> this is the challenge that we're confronting right now. And we need to do something about it. Now, part of the challenge is that our church services are a lot like our education system in the Western world. It's designed to speak to one learning style and one learning style only. So if you are a verbal, logical learner, Church accommodates your learning style. But if you are, you know, if, if, you, if you learn by sound, if you learn by movement, if you learn by, you know, by visuals, that usually tends to be a lot less. And so kids, as well as young people and teenagers who, who have this variety of learning styles and adults as well, tend to not get so much out of it. It's, it's the people who have that verbal, logical learning style who tend to get the most out of it. And so my recommendation is we need to start looking at ways in which we can incorporate different learning styles into our worship experience so that different people can begin to enjoy what we have to say and, 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 and learn what we have to say 
in different ways. And that includes kids, right? Kids don't learn by just sitting there. And children's story, as beautiful as it is, it's not the end-all be-all of incorporating your kids into worship. So we can find different creative ways, or, or we can do children's church, like some churches do that, and I, you know, I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but that is an option. But here's my point. I'm not trying to resolve the problem. What I'm saying is, at the very least, every worship committee at every church should have an intentional conversation and plan whenever they're planning church. I'm talking about one conversation. I'm talking about part of their culture. Intentional conversation and plan on how they are going to incorporate children into the worship experience. And I believe that if your church does that and my church does that, that we will begin to develop and create local and contextualized ways that will work in our context. And if we do that, hey, that is more than half the battle. So those are the top three ways that I've seen, three ways in which uh, Adventist churches fail parents. Maybe you've got some other ways that you've encountered in your own experience. Share them below because we want to have this conversation and see what kind of resources can we develop to help local churches make the experience for parents a beautiful one that they look forward to every weekend. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. See you next week. Well, that's all I've got time for today. But if you want some more, just come hang out at pomopastor.com. Thanks again for spending some time listening to the podcast. I'll catch you on the next one.